Redskins non-debacle victory over the Oakland Raiders, possibly the only team in the NFL that has run worse than the Redskins are. That's yeah. right. And Jamarcus Russell right now is still wringing the mud out of his uniform. Dudes, <laughs> I told you the other week, the only quarterback in the NFL that's worse than Derek Anderson is Jamarcus Russell. And when he came in the game, Aaron was like, dude, they haven't schemed for this guy. I'm a little worried. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> John was like, game over. <laughs> yeah, as soon as as soon as soon Kowski went out, I was like, game over, dude. Game over. Um, game over, man. <laughs> anyway. No more sound effects of Josh unless they're live. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's get on to the itinerary here. Um, we have something that we have to bring in before. That's even more important. Even more important than the win. Something that we've the been. the Redskins winning their first game and breaking a three game losing streak. Something we've been clamoring for here at Harry Hog Football for the last two and a half seasons. And that Dude. is. Oh man. You ready for we it? We need like big, we need big Lebowski size scissors. Like in that dream <laughs> sequence when the Germans are chasing him in the big red bodysuits and they have the pair of scissors that's like five feet long. We need scissors that big to call this cut out because it's one of the best cuts, cuts ever <laughs> in the history of the Washington Redskins. And here we go, dudes. Without any more, um, ceremonious, uh, buildup. Sean Sweezum. I am so pumped. This is like the highlight of the season. Quite possibly the worst season in Redskins history in my 34 years of living. Oh, give me another one. Yeah. Sean Sweezum, the ex-cowboy. Finally. Finally, someone came to their senses on the Redskins, and, and his ass. <laughs> it's about God. damn time. I swear, I think this guy has lost at least 10 games for the Redskins, including, we know, last week against the Saints and before that against the Cowboys this year. Mm-hmm. Shocker there, because he used to play for the Cowboys. This guy, well, let, let's put it this way. We were looking at number four, uh... Graham Gano, who I, I thought it was pronounced Gano, Gano, a rookie out of Florida State. Um, Not UFL game winning field goal kicker this year. Um, he went out there and he proceeded to do, and I'm looking at my paper right now. His kickoffs were as follows one to the corner. That would be the one yard line. One to the corner. One to the corner again. The one yard line in the center. 
I believe the one after this was the one that was short because they had to kick off 15 yards back because of that BS call of a, a dude. That was still a great kick, Fred Davis. That was still was a great absolutely kick. Absolutely atrocious. We're gonna come back to that. Then after that, six yards deep in the end zone, four yards deep in the end zone, and to the one yard line again. Not cut. Sweezum, been nice knowing you. Cut. <laughs> Gordon Gano, though. You forget you, you uh Gano. left Gano. out Gano, dude. Gano, like you left out the point that he was also perfect on field goals. Oh like yeah, I, I, in this day and age, I'm sorry. I just feel like uh, field goals that are less than 50 yards should be hit no matter what. So yeah, he did go what two for two mm-hmm. and a bunch of extra points. Yeah, that and four it, extra points if I believe if I remember correctly. And I also have to point out that he um, he was kicking that deep. Late in the game, whereas if Sean Sweezum actually had the opportunity to be kicking off that many times in one game, he'd be kicking to the 40-yard line, his legs so weak. Oh, my God. We don't even have – do we really need to talk about, like, Sean Sweezum, he'll miss a 23-yard field goal and then have to come in 10 minutes later and kick off or or something. It, you know, maybe we got lucky and scored again and he had to kick off. He kicked to the 19. Or, or I guess more <laughs> appropriately, we'd get a touchdown. And then, you know, he'd kick the extra point, and, oh, he's worn out from that. Let's kick the ball to the 19. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my. I'm so glad those days are over. He, I, I swear to God, Sean Sweezum rivals Ali Haji Sheik as one of the worst <laughs> kickers in the freaking history of the Washington Redskins. He was so bad. I, I, we had, I think it was Ruby Tripper went on our chat box on our website for your registered listener, and it's free to register. Um, register uh, listener on our on our website. Um, you can go into this uh virtual. I guess chat box. It's a live action chat box. You can go in there and, and chat back and forth in real time. And she was like, "I thought you guys were going to do a whole podcast just about Sean Sweezum getting cut." And man, we you know we thought about it. Oh Dude, God. I you I, know I, it, I, that that is the victory of the year. That is more important. The only thing that could top that is when we beat Dallas on the 27th coming up. That'll be sweet. Merry Christmas, everybody. That'll be oh a great my God. Christmas. <laughs> Can I ask you That'll guys a question? Great. Happy birthday, Jesus. Redskins. Ali Haji Sweezum. Can I ask you guys hey, a dude, question? Speaking speaking of um speaking of kickers, why'd the Raiders send out Jana slap your woman Akowski to Jana uh, date rip drugs should be sent back to Poland because he's a <laughs> Polish citizen, but somehow was able to circumvent the law. Jana Kowski, what? that guy. Yeah, that guy. Why did they send him out to kick like a seventy-eight yard field <laughs> goal? They didn't have any other it, choice. It was, it was a sixty-five yarder, and yeah, that's a really good question. Because they're well, it's the same he... thing. Why wasn't he deported? Being a non-American citizen who was, you know. I charged, and I don't remember exactly the whole thing, but he's broken the law many times. He shouldn't even be in our country. I don't know Dude. what Al Davis did, but he got him to stay in this country uh, many years ago when he was he was breaking the law numerous times, including giving a girl the date rape drug, which is a real classy move on the part of the Raiders in the country. Sorry, was he def- uh, was he convicted of that? Uh, um. I believe, you know, I don't really know. I don't remember. He was convicted on at least one of the charges against him, which should have been enough to get him, you know, deported, being a Polish citizen. But <laughs> before we continue talking about the deporte, 
Can I bring <laughs> something up? Can we move on from dudes, the kickers dudes. here? Well, I just want to bring something up. What, has he ever kicked a 65-yard field goal? I mean, why would they send He's him out? He's kicked him pretty he deep. He can kick the living crap out of the ball, which is why they fought to keep him in the country. Mm-hmm. And this was, uh, of course, pre-Goodell by a number of years, so it's not like he got in trouble in the previous administration and, and the NFL, the Tagliabue, uh don't ask, don't tell administration, basically. <laughs> like, oh, you're robbing banks and robbing people and doing drugs? Eh, you can still play. Who cares? All okay, right. can I bring up one thing now? Oh, 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 yeah, back to that. You are saying that. With the cutting of Sean Sweezum number six, do we ever have to talk? Yeah. Do we ever have to talk about him again unless he like beats us in a game? Yes, yeah. he's going to come up every now and then in the way that players such as Sharp Hordanish, Daryl um, Pound, <laughs> Daryl Pounds. Pounds, he will come up in. He he is now uh, instilled in the annals. <laughs> he's in the annals <laughs> of of the Harry Hog Football Podcast. <laughs> At least uh, in Aaron's. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those guys that we bring up when we talk about the worst of the worst. He's uh, he's in he's in line with the uh with the uh first round draft picks of the mid to late nineties being busts every year. I mean he he goes along being the worst of the worst. He had like seven games this year where he was pretty good, but we knew it wasn't gonna last. Those of us who watched the Redskins for longer than this season knew it was going to go back to being good old miss em, swish em. It, 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 uh, it Just infuriating that it took this long. And speaking of that, why the hell is Randall L. returning punt still? God! Dude, come on! Dude. Event, I'm going to save that. We're, we're going to sit on that, I think, guys, because we got to do the games and the kicks. And somebody's going to kick somebody. Um, yeah, so let, why don't we just go ahead into the kicks then? What do you think? Great, go for it. It's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. All right, it's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. Who wants to go first? Josh, uh, maybe Josh should go first since John has been monopolizing all the microphones in the beginning of this podcast. Collective, right, you know what? I'll go sixty seconds without saying anything, starting right now. Collective kick to Antoine. Oh well, Randall. that sucked. I wasn't able to do that. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> do we agree? Do we agree that that's there's a collective kick there? On Antoine on... Randall? Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm giving him a kick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, seriously. He had a ball hit him in the face mask, what, two weeks ago? And now he had another one that was almost just as bad. Two of them. Not to mention all the fair catches that didn't need to happen. Not to mention all the ones that he just lets bounce right by him and get down <laughs> within the 10-yard line or the 5-yard line. Dude, what about the one? $5 million a year for a third receiver that can't return punts even though that was part of the package coming in dude this guy's been a total bust for the redskins he's horrible you're forgetting the you're one listening that... to the john adams show live on harry hog football you're forgetting right, about the one for 60 seconds hey. starting hey hey now. hey you're forgetting hey. about the one that he didn't call a fair catch on and they somehow gave the raiders a penalty that's right that is true 
But that's not who I'm going to give my kick to because I think we agree that there's a collective kick there. Wait, wait, John, wait. Hold on. To... Hold on. What? Another thing that makes, uh, you know, the case for Randall L getting kicked is that slant that he dropped where it was thrown right to him and could have been a first down. Let me tell you what my six-year-old said about Antoine Randall L and we'll leave it at that. My six-year-old, this was early like in the first quarter, said, I don't think Antoine Randall L should be in football. I think he should be in dance class. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, but my kick, my kick tonight is going to go to, uh, none other than number 74, step on higher, odd body. Odd body. Between he and some other unnamed lineman. Levi Jones. Yes. Levi. I'll tell you about Levi Jones in a minute. Um, Stepon Hire was letting him buy all day long. And if I was Jason Campbell, I would have gotten in the lap locker room and slapped that boy. How many sacks did we see where Stepon Hire just completely ran by, ran around the end? How all right, sacks? I think my 60 seconds are up. I think at least one <laughs> There is one where he fell um, right on his on back. Hire, for sure. So at least one. Oakland has a decent defense. They're not that good on the front four, though. They're really not. Even with Richard Seymour there, they're not all that. Um, Seymour butts. Yeah, that, I don't that care. Was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm going to give you my game overview later because I've been thinking about this and what the Redskins need to do in the off season. I'd love to hear you guys' reactions. Okay. You better have oh, a kickstart by cutting Sean Sweezum. Somebody <laughs> else give their kick now. Go. Uh, all right. All right, I'll give my kick. Once again, I think I'm going to give my kick to LaRon Landry for his coverage on passing. Even though he was he he made some improvements over the last few He was weeks. much improved tonight, I think. He was much improved, but he still like got burnt a couple times. He was decent. You know, they put him in man-to-man coverage a couple times as a defensive, like a cornerback. Yeah. What was up with that? Yeah, I don't he got know. burnt. They were also he got burnt like the two times, and, and they called it out. The announcers did, too. The announcers, by the way, being on the S team, which stands for, uh, you know, when you S the bed. Um, <laughs> they actually were rather, you know, Dick Stockton was Dick Stockton. Um, I don't even remember the other guy's name, but he was actually pretty good. The referees, on the other hand, were atrocious. I think it was Charles Davis. The S team. I think it was Charles Davis. Landry did have a nice pick tonight, though. You got to admit that Landry had a good pick. I don't even think he caught it, to tell you the truth. But there was was nowhere near as bad as he was last week. I mean, really, most of the times he got burnt was because they put him in weird man-to-man coverage, and that was that was uh, questionable. I'm still giving him a kick. Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. Dude, what about that big hit Landry had on the sideline? That's like the loudest hit I've ever heard. Okay, I said something about that hit. That was like, whoa, LeRon Landry sailor dived, and he actually aimed it properly this time, so he got a hit out he of didn't it. Just, he, didn't, he didn't sailor dive on that hit. He led with his shoulder, and he really hit the guy. I know, but it was a sailor dive. He didn't wrap him up. Well, the guy didn't get up either. He played better, I do have to say. He did cause a fumble, too. I'm sure people will disagree with me. But still, he keeps getting burnt. He played better in this game. You're exactly right. But, you know, we know how badly he got burnt for those two touchdowns last week, which were totally his fault. Um, 
we yep. we you know we've been talking about this and and the final review is yes he he was the definite guy who should have covered both of those in case there was any question amongst anyone here's um, what i would ask here's what i would ask and i'll shut up about this and then john can give his kick you know it's the off season stefan hires name comes up and leron landry's come name comes up who would you cut That's a tough one because we don't have any depth on the offensive line. We got to hold on to eye body higher until someone else comes along. No, we don't. Maybe it's the off season. We go out and get somebody. We got like a whole freaking six months to get somebody. I would. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't cut Leron Landry, but I wouldn't mind trading him to someone. See what we can get. Dude, for him. we can see what we can get for him. I don't know, dude. I think he's valuable. I think we continue to watch him, and he hopefully, is valuable. he can't. Dude. He'll can the attitude, and somebody will give him a few lessons in reminding him how to tackle, and he'll be he'll be great. Well, no, this is what I said during the game. I was like, if we could just use him in like sure running situations, and then maybe have um, what's his face, uh, Horton back there with Dowdy and Kareem Moore on some other plays. Yeah, then he would be good. Yeah, I mean, they had Kareem Moore playing center field for a number of plays, and they were letting Randy, Leron Landry finally play up in the box. Because, um, you know, they kept saying, oh, he's playing free safety. Don't No one has the range he has. It don't matter if you got range if you got a bad angle on the ball because you got burnt. <laughs> so they had Kareem Moore out back there, and it's going to be Chris Horton doing that probably next year. And, of course, Reed Dowdy, who is the, uh, the, the second incarnation of Brad Edwards yeah. back there. And, um... Yeah, I think they were playing Landry better, except for those random times when he went out wide and covered wide receivers from the line. He played better. He's still got a way to go, ways to go. I think he still needs to keep stepping his game up, but he's getting better. But anyway, I think I need to give my kick. Um, well, I can't kick the collective, and I sure can't kick uh, ex-Cowboy number six. So my kick in this game is going to the referees. They were horrible. The referees were absolutely atrocious. And it's going, there were many, many, many calls in both directions that were bad, bad, bad. Absolutely. But my, the one I want to talk about specifically was Fred Davis scoring his first first touchdown. And and Aaron, you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recall here, so I hope you have that ready. Um, Fred Davis got called for an unsportsmanlike um, a penalty after he scored his touchdown um, and then we had to kick off from I think the 15 yard line and that was the only bad kick Gano had he did a line drive for about 65 yards but you always out kick your coverage on that and the dude ran it back I think it was all the way to the 50 it was right at midfield it might have been R49 uh, that was his only bad kick and that was between all those like coffin corner one yard lines and, and six and four yard deeps that he was just crushing crushing so nice to see um, Aaron, do you have that that bit from the rule book that you were quoting to me earlier? Oh crap! I left that downstairs. I can rem- I can remember it though. Okay, all right. So is so, it in the green room? Basically, um, what you call it? Celebration, excessive celebration, can only be called if it's orchestrated. Between more, orchestrated, more than one player, more than one player, the player that made the touchdown, more than one player, like two people actually acting out a scene or doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah, there's a prop, a prop, notably, notably the football, or a prop brought out a sharpie pen, pom poms, bag of popcorn, anything of that. Or if the player goes to the ground, 
which means they are lying on the freaking ground. Fred Davis did none of that. He did not have a prop. He did not lie on the ground. He did not have an orchestrated celebration with another player where they had choreography. He, he got up and celebrated by doing a little dance, and then everyone like got together and clapped, you know, slapped each other's helmets and said, you know, good game, high five, high five. And they went to the sidelines, which is exactly what happens on the majority of touchdowns in the, Nash, the no fun National Football League. He didn't break any rules on that, and that cost us seven points mm-hmm. because of a bad call by the referee saying he celebrated. And Dude, the let only me point thing we could keep up one. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, let me point out that the rule also says that unsportsmanlike conduct will also be called by any for any prolonged, excessive, or premeditated celebration by individual players or a group of players. Okay, good, good extra thing to add on there. Um, I don't believe Fred Davis had a prolonged celebration, though. I, I don't think he was even close to what you might call a prolonged celebration. What do you guys think about that one? Well, I think they need to define the word prolonged in their rule book. It, it wasn't like he was doing the Mark Gastineau sack dance every time, you know, uh, like yeah. he used to do when he would sack the quarterback, you know? I thought it was absolutely uh, ridiculous that he got called for that because he was celebrating much less for a much shorter period of time than that dude from the Oakland Raiders that went and jumped into the 35 people that were actually sitting in the stands <laughs> in the Oakland Coliseum or whatever they call the, the multifunctional ballpark there in Oaktown. Um, he went up and did a little Lambo leap, and that sure lasted longer than what Fred Davis did in the end zone. That was one of the worst calls about celebration I've ever, ever seen. And that cost us seven points, and that could have been a difference maker. And four weeks ago, it would have been. Now, let's wait. Let's Hell, clarify. Last week, it would have been. Was the call excessive celebration, or was it unsportsmanlike conduct? It's the same thing. It was unsportsmanlike conduct, excessive celebration. Mm-hmm. Did they say that? Because those are two separate rules. It, it was unsportsmanlike conduct, excessive celebration for Fred Davis in the end zone. Okay. Yeah, number 86. It, it, excessive celebration is an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Mm-hmm. It is. That is correct. Yes. Anyway, yeah, that was horrible. But there was a lot of other horrible calls, and a lot of them went our way. Yeah, we got – I mean, it was it was in both directions. That one just infuriated me because it cost us so much. It gave the other team such great field position. You mean Holy like when – uh, They really had it, though. Speaking of the refs, when, notice like, that Santana they – Moss slipped and fell and the other guy didn't touch him? Oh, yeah, that was a horrible one. Yeah, yeah. But, dudes, did you guys notice what the refs actually started calling after I've been complaining about it for the last five weeks? They called illegal man downfield against both teams. Both teams. And what no, was it? Both? Yeah, they called it once on Dockery and once on the on a guy from the other That's team. That's right. Who were they were each about two yards downfield. And the thing that made me most mad about this is when they called it on the Redskins for Dockery, he was basically just standing like two yards down the field. Whereas in that Eagles game where I like took the picture of it and stuff, their dudes were actually downfield throwing blocks. To try to get that two-point conversion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, here's exactly. my question. Not only were they downfield, they were making illegal blocks at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my question on that Dockery play, because it looked like to me that Dockery was basically at the line of scrimmage, and he was, he he was, was just standing there making his blocks. No, he, was, he wasn't the, even blocking. All the rest of the line, 
hold on, while the rest of the line was being forced back into the pocket on Jason Campbell, which made Dockery look like he was sticking out downfield. No, no, no. They were not they weren't talking about that early. They were talking about it a little bit later in the play, and Dockery was just standing there with his hands on his hips two yards past the line of scrimmage while everyone else was back behind it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Not when they like first take so, the ball. There you go. My kick goes to the referees for being the S team. Because, as usual, they S-team S the bad. Oh, they were bad. But we were lucky. We finally got calls that went in our favor Mm -hmm. for once. More calls that went in our favor than went against. So, And let's just say this on a positive note. Let's And and speaking positively, and we'll get into the game balls here in a second. But, you know, there were not a lot of things to be able to kick on the Redskins. I mean, I thought that overall, yeah. the Redskins played pretty well. Yeah, Levi Jones yeah, is pretty bad there. I agree, absolutely. I, I, I think it was it was a bit of a struggle once you look beyond the obvious um, to, to find someone to kick. It was great. <laughs> Besides Randall L. Besides Randall freaking L. <laughs> Golly. All right, anyway, let's go to the... And now, the coveted and ever-elusive Game Ball Award. This week's Game Ball Award is brought to you by... And now. Brought to you by And Now. And Now. <laughs> and Now. It's the And Now Game Ball Award. Oh, yeah. We didn't even, <laughs> mit- we didn't even mention the roid, the roid rage that happened on the Oakland sidelines to get... Oh, that's right. We thought it was that, that the head coach, Cable, who, you know, as, as Oakland... You know, firmed up their their ranks and and everyone probably gave the same exact story to the police after he cold cocked apparently or pushed down and and nearly killed seriously injured an assistant coach Mm -hmm. um dude even with if charges are just being brought against your head coach that he pushed or punched a uh assistant head coach on the team you've got problems and uh yeah Apparently it came through because that dude, I think his name was John Fossil. Maybe he's related to Jim Fossil. I don't he know. Is, he's he's his kind son. of a skinny twig guy. It's his son. He reminded dude. me of our ex-roommate Landon. It's really his son? Yeah. yeah I, I really don't know. Is it really? Yes. Huh. Oh, okay. Well, he gave us 15 yards, and we appreciate that. But anyway, now we're into the game balls. So who's going first? John? All right, I'll go ahead and go first, if that's cool. Sure. Um, man, there are a, t- a bunch of them. I know some people were a little bit upset that Camb- that I gave Campbell, a, uh, I believe, a kick last week, and I was really mad at him. Luckily, this week, he didn't have to do a game-winning drive. Um, but I'm going to hold off on that, because i gotta give I got to give a game ball to... Hmm... You damn right! I gotta give it to the kicker, number four, <laughs> Graham Gano. Oh, Do I? Man. I'm not even. I, I really tempted to go back and repeat the numbers he had for all the kickoffs that went well beyond where Sean Sweezen was ever actually able to kick. Um, the fact that he was two for two on field goals, he pretty much had a perfect day except for that one line drive when they had to kick off 15 yards back. Um, he had a fantastic day for a rookie. He didn't ha- seem to feel any pressure back when the game was close, and especially farther on, as as the Redskins were able to, uh, you know, you know, cushion the lead for the first time, maybe I think in a game this year, and feel comfortable about it. Um, Graham Gano, Florida State guy, um, man, he totally gets my game ball. 
I really Dude, wanted even... to give it to a couple other people, but Ganoa's got to get it because you guys know how much I hate Sean Sweezum. <laughs> All right, Josh. Ganoa even uh, he even got in on a tackle there. He did. He did get in on a tackle on that. He didn't really make the tackle, but he tried. <laughs> That's right. He Got gave a it a good effort. Guy. He gave Not it a good. I called it. I called it. Right on. <laughs> All right, Aaron, Josh. how about you? I'll go last. Oh, you want me to go? Sure. All right. Well, you guys are giving me a you know an easy one right here. There's there's a number. We have a number of good people for this. Well, one. mine has to go to number ninety eight. Brian Arakpo, who was insane. What did he have? Six Dude. sacks? I swear. It was Brian Arakpo finished with four sacks, giving him uh, 11 on the year, which is leading NFL rookies. Um, it's also leading the team, know. isn't it? He's definitely leading the team. He's, he's I believe, uh, um, Carter is right behind him. Let's take a look here. Yeah, he had four sacks. Andre Carter had two sacks on the game. He had two sacks for eight yards. Rackbo had four sacks for 44 <laughs> yards. Nice. Awesome. In the game. And he was even looking like all nonchalant out there. That's the thing. Like, you were just looking at him. And you're just like, that dude, he's, man. Yeah. He, he had a couple other ones, too, that were almost sacks. Like, one where he got held and then housed the quarterback anyway. Yeah. he And, and hello, they're playing a more defensive end because, hello, what is he really good at? We need to just find another damn linebacker and quit doing this old linebacker. Let's see if Arakovo can play linebacker. He doesn't need to play linebacker. He needs to rush the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which we've exactly. been saying all year, but, I mean, today was just painfully obvious. What a great, great day. He's probably going to be up for one of those, like, FedEx Awards of the Week. I mean, oh, he had yeah. four sacks. He's a freaking rookie. He has 11 sacks on the year. I mean, he's looking at Rookie of the Year right now. Oh, yeah. He's yep. outstanding. So anyway, that's mine. He was awesome, and I think I, I venture to think he might be better than number fifty-six, Mister Nichols. Ooh, yep. Aaron's throwing that one out there already. What did you say, Josh? I said time will tell. You know, uh, time will tell. Time will tell. When uh, will you tell know, if you remember, Aaron will be able to say, "I called it." <laughs> You remember when they put number 56 when uh, uh, Greg Williams started putting him into a spot where, uh, you know, where he didn't typically play and he did not play as well. What's that? Where he was, when he was playing defensive end. Right. And this is sort of a. He did sacks that year though. Yeah. But, but you know what? I mean, this is sort of that, uh, that kind of thing in reverse where, you know, let's let a Rackpo. Let's let him play defensive end because I, I really think that's where he should be. You know, yeah, play, dude, let play him where, play play where his strength is. I think he should too. Exactly. He's obviously schooling these um, offensive tackles. Oh man, he's it's it's it's. it's be- I mean, we saw it in preseason. As soon as he took his first snap, we were like, "That guy is a man amongst boys right now on the second team. That guy is going to be really good." And right. they're you know they're not talking about the Redskins much because they have such a horrible record, but. Arakpo is going to get some some love on ESPN tonight, and mm-hmm. they're they're going to if he keeps this up, you know, I mean, they got to talk about him more and more. They really do have to think about you know rookie of the year in the NFC the way he's yep. playing. Absolutely. And we also right, well, go on and vote for him for Pro Bowl. Go vote, vote for him and for London Fletcher. Mm-hmm. 
Hold on, dudes. I still got to get my game ball. All right, go oh, ahead. Dude. Sorry. Well, now I won't give it to London Fletcher since you brought him up. Uh, <laughs> no, but London Fletcher, man, he did have a big game. And, and uh, you're absolutely right, John, about voting for, for London Fletcher for Pro Bowl. I mean, the guy was incredible. I mean, he was all over the place. How about that? How about that one play where he knocked that ball down and uh, they were gonna call it a catch? And he was like, "You heard it on, um, you could hear it on the TV." London Fletcher screaming, "That ball hit the ground, man!" And then they, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, at that, least they didn't have that dude going uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> last week. Yeah, and, at least no, they London actually Fletcher's challenged awesome. it. I'm not. London I'm Fletcher's not never give... made the Pro Bowl. If, if people don't realize that, sorry to interrupt you again there, Josh, but Lyndon Fletcher has never made the Pro Bowl in his career, and he really, really should. Absolutely. You would, you would look at the guy play, and you would think he should be making the Pro Bowl every year for the consistency and what he brings to the game. So make sure um, you go on and vote for him about 100 times, because I think you're allowed to vote multiple times. Yep. Yes, you are. So, you know, I'm thinking about game balls, and – you know, all these these folks have had great games, and you guys mentioned uh, some obvious ones, uh, you know, uh, especially Arakpo there. <clears throat> I can't give – although Andre Carter had two sacks, you know, he had the whole butter hands thing where he tried to pick up the ball. He could he could uh, smell the end zone, and um, he yeah. should have just do- dove on that ball, and that was the whole Keystone Capers thing going on at that point in the game. Um, but uh, where's the Benny Hill music, Aaron? You need to put that in right there for that. I don't have it right um, now. You know, Quinton Ganther had a great game. Uh, dude, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. For a shout. Oh, yeah. I was He's getting the shout. Shout for me, game, too. Starting his first NFL game for Quinton Ganther. Two touchdowns. Um, yep. He went three for 43 in receptions. Two touchdowns. Um, running the ball 14 for 50. Of course, he had two touchdowns. And is it just me? I mean, Quinton Ganther's only like 24 or something like that. He looks like he's 35 years old. And I know he does. Because it's jersey number, but he looks much older than he is. All I know is after seeing these last few weeks and seeing how Clinton Portis doesn't even care if he wants to play football again, I say cut him. Dude, yep. hello. You're preaching. I'm in agreement. Here. Last Let's season. move on. Let's move on. I mean, look what this guy can do. I mean, you know, why, why do we need old and busted when we can uh, – you know, well, we build well, up on somebody here. Yeah, but not only that, dude. But I mean, as soon as Portis went out, we've had we have the same crappy offensive line and the same, and now we have like unknown running backs who are running five times better than Clinton Portis did. Yep, because they're running smart. They're running smart. Anyway. Yep. 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 Is that who your game <laughs> anyway, ball is going to? Anyway, 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 my game ball, my game ball today. Um, and I don't typically give a game ball to this person, and I don't know that I ever have. I think you might have John or Aaron once. Uh, but I got to give a game ball to Lorenzo Alexander. Um, the I think – I, I believe he had a sack. Didn't he have a sack on the day? Lorenzo be- Alexander had two passes – or two uh, huge tackles on special teams. He almost had a third. The guy just got out of his uh, out of his range, and he uh, he actually was also credited with two sacks – I mean, one sack and two uh, tackles. Yeah. I also believe that he was in there on one of the Carter sacks where Carter got credit, but Alexander was in there on the sack as well, at least as an assist. Yeah, dude. They were uh, like, you're, I remember exactly which one you're talking about. There were about four guys that got in there, but uh, Carter was the first one. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, um, and on special teams, he was a monster. You know, he was uh, 
making some big t- tackles, some of them big open field tackles. And I was like, wow, how does he move that fast for being such a big guy? Um, so, I mean, you know, I just felt like he had a great game and he deserves a game ball today. It's a well, little that- more obscure, but uh, not the obvious stick out there. But, uh, you know, game ball goes to Lorenzo. Well, that dude was pumped because um, he's from that area and he had a bunch of his family there to see him play. Yeah, right Chris on. on Ganther had a bunch of people there as well. Yeah. I read that in an article earlier this week about Lorenzo. So, Lorenzo. Lorenzo, the one-man gang, had a very good game. Tons of guys had good games. Yeah, they, Fred Davis, two touchdowns. We talked. Yeah, about how do we not mention day, him? Uh, Fred Davis with two touchdowns. Ganther with two touchdowns. Um, Dude, we scored 34 points. Arakpo with four sacks. I mean, it's all the you young what? guys, too, that, which is encouraging for next season. Even even Smoot and Rogers played halfway decently today. Yeah, Rogers has been getting better the last few weeks. I pointed that out to John ever since he got benched. Yeah, yeah. It gave him a chance to sit down and think about, okay, if they try to get me to come and bite on this pattern, will <laughs> I bite? No, I won't. Mm, but no, Leron Landry will bite for me. <laughs> yeah, truly. But, well, maybe but, you know, there was him getting cut helped uh, to to clear a few minds up as well. Mm-hmm. There was the um, the four. I think it was a forced fumble on that kick return. Um, I forget who made the big hit, um, but uh, somebody knocked the, the ball out, and Fred Smoot caught it. He came down. I think it was Landry. almost with his feet inbounds. Was it Landry almost on the big hit? Did. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Landry. Yes, it was. Landry had a very, very solid game. Like I said, those two, uh, those two passes he gave up, putting him on the line to cover a wide receiver one on one is really bizarre. And, and and luckily they stopped doing that because that was that was not. He got burned on those two plays, but I mean, what are you doing? He's, That's not what he's supposed to do. He got my kick for that. Anyway. Um, All right. Yeah, but you we are take right a break about here it and come back. back. Yeah, let's uh, go. I think so let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tom's trivia and then the next game against the Nats and how scared they are to play us. Right after these words from our sponsor, who is us. Bring on the Giants. This is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. Now in high definition. Only at HarryHogFootball.com and Redskins Book. And we're back. You've got two bathtubs on a hill. All right. Are we back? When the time is right. <laughs> Extended release, Seattle. When the time is right for a sack. When the time is right, will a rat be ready? And the answer is yes. <laughs> ready for a sack. Or will, will he be ready for your sack? Will a rat be ready for a sack? Will he need a breather on the sideline? Watch your back. Watch the sack. Dude, yeah, dude, you were called. You called that with Dick Stockton. He was up there. And he was like. That guy needs a breather, breather. on the sideline. 
<laughs> Even Dick Stockton's got the wherewithal here in 2009 not to say a guy needs a blow on the sideline. I'm like, Dan Deerdorf. I know, dude. I thought for sure that Dick Stockton was going to say a blow, and then he was like, that guy really needs a breather on the sideline. Oh, uh, okay. Only Dan Deodor. Well, being that they were, we were doing this podcast right after the game almost, I had to take out the trash and stuff. Kind of like the Redskins <laughs> took out the trash. The <laughs> anyway, but since we're doing it tonight, we don't have a Tom's trivia. But I came so, up with one right before the podcast, and, and I don't know who won last week's. Uh, Tom will keep tally on that and tell us next week. But here's the question for this week. Send your answer into Tom. At harryhugfootball.com. And here it goes. When was the last time the Redskins had eight sacks or more in a single game? In one single game. The team. And, of course, I mean before today. So, go ahead and send your answer in to Tom at harryhugfootball.com. And congratulations to whoever won last week's trivia. And Tom will announce both winners next game after we beat the Giants. The The Giants at home. After we beat the G-Strings at home. Yeah, dude. You know they're running scared because both them and the Eagles and the Cowboys have seen that the Redskins have been playing better the last five weeks. And we finally... I think the Redskins are playing the... Well, it's hard to say against Oakland, but they're playing arguably the best football as a team right now in the NFC East, which is really unfortunate that it happened this late in the season. But, I mean, we're going to see the Giants and the Eagles tonight. They're playing right now. The Cowboys lost again today to Norvell Turner. I guess he finally <laughs> has severed the umbilical cord there. Um, I guess when they, they decided to build the new stadium, he was like, oh, shucks, that's it. Darn it. Mm-hmm. And um, Norvell yeah, took Dallas is not that good. I don't think they're any I don't think any team in the NFC East is any better than the Redskins are playing right now. No one's playing that great. Oh no. Agreed. But the Redskins are definitely playing better and better and better. And forget all these announcers. Everyone that I saw was picking the Raiders to win this game. No one thought the Redskins could pull it off going across the country and all that stuff. And uh What was uh, the scoreboard? scoreboard. Scoreboard. Uh, 34 to 13. Dude, I want the Redskins to beat the Giants so badly. I'm tired of getting swept by them. And I actually think we have a good chance this upcoming week. I think we absolutely have a good chance. So that game's going to be huge for me. And the next game after that is going to be huge for me also. The next game after that. Right now, the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken, we got the Giants at home on Monday night. Um, we jump ahead in the itinerary a little bit. Monday night, football against the Giants at home. The next mm-hmm. week is Sunday night football against the Cowboys, I believe. Yep. On football night in America on NBC. And then after that, the final game of the season, you know, unless we make the playoffs, <laughs> is uh, San Diego Superchargers um, in San Diego. And I want to make a, a note on the schedule here. I uh, I know we mentioned last week in the podcast that the Redskins game was going to be at 105 Eastern or Redskins Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we got that information from Redskins.com. That would be the official Washington Redskins website, which up until this morning said this game is at 1 o'clock. Sometime between 10 and 11 a.m., they put up an, up an article, the very first article on their page, 
Um, that said, in the title, Redskins versus Raiders, 4.05 p.m. They never put up articles that say exactly what time the game is like that, especially first and especially three hours before the game. So uh, I guess it took them that long to realize they did not have the right time down for their own freaking team at Redskins.com. <laughs> Dude. Nice. And my mom and called yes, and said. I do, I do take a hit for that because I'm the one who looked that up and based my knowledge off of Redskins.com. So. And my mom called and said. my bad. I'm sorry to everyone. I won't do that again. Dude. Go ahead, Aaron. My mom called and said that the newspaper in Virginia Beach said the Redskins game was coming on at 6 o'clock. What? So she said. She was I did like, not. Well, I did not know that uh, the Virginia Pilot had been bought by Red Zebra Broadcasting <laughs> and uh, Associates, Johnny Rockets Incorporated. Um, she was like, "I didn't turn it again, on until the third quarter because they said it was coming on at six o'clock. Six Rockets uh, flags. That's uh, question. Johnny Zebra, the Rocket flags. Six. So anyway, those things. All right. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Uh, I was going to say something, but I can't remember what it is now. That's because I was talking. <laughs> oh, I know what you were going to say, Josh. You were going to say something about Randall L. Yeah. What were Dude, you I think he may be a dead albatross around the Redskins' necks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we've already talked about Randall L. today. Yeah. And we've talked about Mr. Nichols. Can I point something oh, else out? I know out what here? I was going to say. I was going to tell you guys. Here, here's what I was going to say. Um. <laughs> Do you realize that if we win the rest of our games this season and the Giants lose the rest of their games, we will be tied with the Giants for last place in the NFC? Sweet. And the NFC East? NFC East. Interesting. NFC East. Yeah. Interesting. Just thought Four I'd point that out. nine Redskins could, uh, could possibly uh, finish seven and nine. Play. Seven and nine, and the Giants could also finish uh, seven and nine. Um, well, shucks, if that's not a case to keep uh, Jim Zornell Turner um, as the head coach and to not, you know, keep re-sign Clinton Portis, make or not re-sign, but to bring him back and make sure he's the starter and, uh, you know, go back to business as usual when the team was doing oh so well, then I don't know what is. No, well, let me give you my precarious predictions then, right? Or, <laughs> or, nice. Or whatever you want to call them. Because Aaron may have uh, trademarked that that term. Um, this is what I was thinking today, as we're as the season is winding down, and we're watching the Redskins play better football, um, and we're watching them play better football with guys who really are passionate about getting out there and playing. Uh, you know, these unknown guys that are trying to prove themselves, as opposed to uh, these guys that have proved themselves at some point in time and are now just replaying are, are playing a relaxed game of football, cashing their checks and. Uh, you know, and, and just showing up and going through the paces. My thought was this. Um, you know, Jim Zorn is fighting for his life since you brought him up, right? And uh, we all know uh, where we've been over the past five years with Jason Campbell, where where Jason Campbell has been, you know, going through Gibbs and going through Al Saunders and various different um, offensive coordinators. And finally, he's gotten a little stability. And I think now that, you know – We've still got this patchwork of an offensive line that's in front of them. But as we start to see these pieces sort of come together and gel, I think we're starting to see the kind of quarterback that Jason Campbell can be for the Redskins. So here's, here's some precarious thoughts, and you guys take them or leave them. 
Um, I'm not making a prediction. I'm just throwing some things out there. One, um, this is sort of the what if. This is sort of the what if, all right? Jim Zorin is kept on, is retained as the coach of the Washington Redskins. Uh, in doing so, Jason Campbell is retained. It's a, I believe it's a contract year, right? Right, John? It is a contract year. He will be an unrestricted free agent if there, uh, if there was an arbitrate, or if there's an an agreement between the players union and the uh, NFL. If there is no agreement and the and the 2010 season becomes an uncapped year, Jason Campbell would be a restricted free agent, which means other teams can sign him, but the Redskins have the ability to match any offer to retain his rights. And if he does get signed by another team, that the Redskins would get a higher compensation um, in in return for that, probably a second round pick or so in the draft. Okay, so so here's the precarious the precarious thoughts. Jim Zorn is retained. Jason Campbell, contract year, um, he stays on for continuity with Jim Zorn. He wants to remain a Redskin. You see the pieces starting to gel. We release uh, the the injured and busted Clinton Portis. See you later. Um, Cut. And, and, Cut! And we retain uh, Quinton Ganther as our starting running back, a young guy that we can build on, uh, backed up by Liddell Betts, who may get better at some points, or, or Rock Cartwright. Um, that's still a little iffy there. We may also look for uh, for another back at some point. Or I think Mason. we um, we turn around Mark and Mason. we uh, we start looking at the draft and the off season and say, okay, we've got a Mike Sellers who's who's aging. Uh, we need to start. We need to look for a fullback that we can build on. No, um, I don't think we need. You know, one. Todd Yoder is a is a patch right now, and uh, you know he's not not really a fullback, uh, being the tight end that he is. Speaking of tight ends, we've got two great tight ends now. I think we've seen that with the young guy. So when we get Cooley back, um, we've got uh, Fred Davis on the other side. We'll be able to start running these two tight end sets. We've got young guys in the backfield that, that Campbell can work with. We go and we spend our draft time on an offensive line that we go and we get the biggest and best offensive lineman. Who's out there? That's the question. We need to really start looking at that. Or start looking at free agent offensive linemen that we can fill in for uh, to put in front of Jason Campbell in the offseason. That said, we need to weed out a couple of guys on the defense. I think we need to uh, we need to weed out the possible, yes, he's filled in for two seasons and he's been kind of good on and off D'Angelo Halls, and we need to start looking at options for Carlos Rogers in that position. Those are not as key as the offensive line is, in my opinion. But in a nutshell, I think if we take all of that together, we've kind of got these key pieces that are really starting to gel for the Redskins. And it gets me excited about thinking about the possibilities of next year if Dan Snyder doesn't go out and bust his balls to try to change everything and buy a team that are these big, expensive pieces that the only thing you want to do with them is sit them up on a shelf on top of the mantle and have them look pretty. We need to get guys that can get out there and work and put this team, you know, back where it where it can be, and I think we're starting to see that that's possible with a lot of these unknown guys. As yeah. long as the Danny and the Vinny don't screw it up completely in the off season. Exactly. Again. So those those and are my thoughts. Speaking of that, if next year is an uncapped year, that whole Dan Snyder spending a ton of money on overpriced, overpriced and over the hill guys could really, really come to fruition. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then he can go buy his lineman. All I'm saying is, you know, there are many ways to screw this thing up. And it's and it's almost like 
due to fate and due to it getting so just horribly screwed up in the past, we've ended up where we are now and we're really starting to be able to build on this. And I think that it's key that you take what you've got when the ball is rolling, the rolling stone here, we're starting to shake off the moss, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh, and we need to keep I think that we're rolling. starting to shake off the Randall L, as a matter of well, fact, actually. Well, there is yeah, that. Randall there L is cut. That. Dude, like, and, and talking about one thing you mentioned a little bit ago, um, once we have Cooley back and we have that big two tight end receiving tight end set going in. I don't think we need a fullback. There's your third receiver. There's your slot guy, Randall L. God. And I don't think we need a fullback. I don't know. How many times did we have a fullback running in front of Ganther today? I don't think That's it true. was very much. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, no, Yoder was but in yeah, there, right? Yeah, we do. But, Josh, I think you're also right that we do need to find a replacement for Mike Sellers because he is one of the oldest guys on the team. He's been yeah. around for a long, long time. And, and I love me some Mike Sellers. I'm not saying I want to get rid yeah. of Mike Sellers. I'm just saying that, you know, I he's do. aging. He's getting old. We need to start looking at, you know, that position. We need to keep continue to look into the future and make this team younger. We don't need to wait until the guy falls down and you know and is put on IR to go. Oops, we don't have anybody. We need to start looking ahead of time and, and being serious about those positions. Because right now it seems like the Redskins are living in the now. Oh, we need a receiver. Let's go find a receiver. Oh, we need this guy. Oh, you know, we we really need we need the five year plan and the ten year plan is what we need. Um, right. We need offensive linemen. We need Absolutely. an offensive lineman more than anything else. Um, and we'll talk more about what, what ends up with the draft. We got we got the whole taint of the offseason to do all this kind of stuff. I know. But for some reason today, these things, just really, these things really just kind of hit me today as I'm watching the game, watching the Redskins playing football as a team. We've talked about this over the past few weeks, how they're starting to gel and play as a team. And exactly. I just – there are so many good pieces – that are starting to work well together, and I would hate to see that just completely upended by some something that the Danny and the Vinny do in the off season. You know, I, I would rather see some continuity and continuing to build with these young guys, and you know, than than to go out there and let's bring in somebody new who's going to completely try to change everything and start from scratch all over again. I just, I, you know, it's like my ticker won't take it. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> So you're saying keep you Jim go. Zorn. And, I've yeah. said my piece. So you think they should keep Jim Zorn and Jason Campbell? I, I'm not saying that I think that they should. Well, let me let me say it this way. I I think that at this point, seeing what's happened over the past few weeks and the way that they're all playing together, um, I think if they lose Jim Zorn, then the new coach that comes in needs to bring in uh, bring in their own quarterback. What I can't if they see just keeping. Keep... I can't see keeping Jason Campbell with yet another system and another coach. Well, what if they just kept just that same see. guy, that Sherman, whatever the dude is that's been calling the plays? He's using the same playbook though. He's calling the same plays. He's just he's just deciding which plays to call. Well, not they just he's not like he's more intelligent plays? He's not calling all that fancy schmancy trick play garbage. Um, right. Cutesy. Cutesy, turn around, around, do a pirouette, pretend to hand it off to three people, and then throw it five yards in that stupid crap West Coast offense that Jim Zorn is trying to unsuccessfully bring, bring to an NFC East team. And the Eagles notwithstanding, their their West Coast offense is not really a West Coast offense, and they have not won a Super Bowl with it anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Those are some well, interesting thoughts, but how many times this year have we also been like, Jason Campbell needs to go, including last week? I've said that more than anyone else. I know we've debated that. And i got to say, Jason Campbell looked very good today. He had two touchdowns, no picks. He only had 16 receptions. And uh, he did not have to try to bring the team from behind to tie or win the game late in the game. And that's where he is just constantly, he's never gotten better at that. Without at, at not no. throwing that pick on those outside things, today Nobody Jason what? Campbell did really well. And so, if if you're looking, Josh, like you were saying, at continuity and continuing things on, you know that might be the right way to go about to try to bring you know, try to get things consistent and smooth and have have a set base there for the offense. But I I, I can almost guarantee that's not going to happen. But, you know, I, I guaranteed last week, I believe, it was I, I don't remember if it was in the podcast or off air, but I was just like, dude, they're not going to cut Sweezum, at least until the end of the year, because they brought him back in the first place. And lo and behold, lo and behold, we finally got a... And, and it's, not like, it's not like if you look at his year overall, it was bad. I mean, he hit like 87% of his kick, you know, this, this year. This year, yeah, he was great for seven or eight games after Dude. being the worst kicker in the entire NFL. Not the NFC, but the NFL last year. I thought we weren't going to um, talk about him anymore. I know. Yeah, all right. truly. Anyway, uh, you know, there's lots of things, so I just throw it out. I'm just throwing it out there for all the listeners to think about these things. You know, before we start saying, this guy cut and this, this guy cut, really think about all of the pieces and the whole picture and how it all has to go and work together next year. And, you know, yeah. are you throwing a whole bunch of new ingredients into a pot and you don't know what the stew tastes like? I think we're starting to figure out what the stew tastes like a little bit. And we're realizing, oh, if we add a little dash of pepper here or salt here, you know, uh, this thing's, this thing uh, could be pretty good. So, Are, are, anyway. are you saying it's going to taste like yellow cake? <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I'm a chocolate cake kind of guy. Sick. Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anyway, I think that about wraps it up. Um, we'll yeah, talk. Speaking of chocolate cake, I think it's time to wrap it up here. We'll talk to you guys next week after the Redskins hopefully destroy the Nats at FedEx. Yeah. Field. And let's, let's, uh, do we have any shout outs from the last week? Um, to our awesome emailers or. Anything about that uh, that nature? I know it was a really down week after that loss. Um, we got some emails from people and some good stuff. I got um, some emails, but quite frankly, I can't remember who sent them again. It was really tough to even go through them after that game. Um, don't forget, if you're still looking to buy stuff at Amazon.com or looking for Christmas gifts, you can link Amazon.com through our website or buy some Harry Hog designed t-shirts through our website as well. Go to the store tab at the top of the page. Or the Amazon uh, drop, the Amazon box, which is halfway down on the right side of the page. We get a little bit of cut in a good way, and we don't, uh, you know, they don't charge extra or anything like that. We just get a little percentage to buy directly. That helps keep this fantastic broadcast of Terry uh, <laughs> Hog football alive. 195 of the first Yep. And uh, quality radio. Yep. And, and uh, do you know? Uh, follow us on Twitter, Harry Hogg on Twitter. Um, I see there's a few more followers that, that uh, hopped on this week. And we're going to update once or twice a week. Also, check out redskinsbook.com, the only official uh, social network that's totally free and dedicated to Redskins and uh, fans provided by a 
Yes, you're in Harry Hall. And send us an email at redskinsfan at harryhogfootball.com. And remember, that is H-A-R-R-Y, hogfootball.com. So Harry, that's H-A-R-R-Y. Not as Harry as you got really Harry legs. And I think that about wraps it up. So until next week, hail to the Redskins. And if you see a Cowboys fan, you know what to do. Joker! Joker! Joker. 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 Joker.